0: K-M-T-T, Kimi Tzion Torah, today is Thursday. This is Ezra and we have another shiur, the last one in the series on Agadot Bereshit. We've uh, learned the first couple of parshiyot. We've learned a selection of the first uh, few parshiyot of the Medish Rabbah. And if we were going in order, so we would get to the Pasuk of Eichudu, And then Shabbat, beautiful, beautiful Midrashim. Uh, But since this is the last Midrash, and to a large extent the Midrashim that we've spoken about, at least the majority of them, have in fact been about the nature of man. And therefore I would like to conclude with a Midrash about the nature of man. therefore I'm skipping a few Paoshiyot. Paoshiyot Dalet, where once again the Psukim, and therefore the Midrashim, return to the creation of man, uh, the pasuk, Hashem et Adam afar min haAdamah." In Parashat Bet, we skipped quite a few for Kimah ahead and the Parasha of the is Parasha Yud Dalit And what interests the midrash, midrash mm-hmm. Alif, midrash Bet, midrash Kimel, midrash Dalit and midrash Hey, of this uh, Parasha is the word vayyitzer, which is written vav yud yud tzadi When grammatically it could be written with one yud. And therefore the medrash is relating to the extra yud, so to speak, the double yud, vayyitzer. Yud yud tzadi resh. What does the two yudin mean? The answer given by all the medrashim, and there are a number of opinions here, but they all more or less go around a certain common denominator, and that is that man is created doubly. There is a dual nature to man, and if I can just mention quickly the Shim that I'm basically skipping over to get to the one that I want to talk about, but just to give this feeling of, of how man is a is a a a, a two sided, doubly natured individual, a dialectical individual, if you like. So let me just mention the Midrashim that are found here. Medrash Shnei Yitzirot Shnei Yitzirot Adam Yitzira Yitzira Because the first explanation is that Yitzha, a double creation one for Adam and one for Chava in other words for man and for woman you will of course point out that all of the world is created bisexually all the animal world is created bisexually the Pasuk says open against but of course here it does not say Zachav and it did in the first part. In the second paragraph it says that God created only man. And the verse is telling us that the creation of man was the creation of also of woman. But I think because it says it here and all place else, it means that the sexuality of man is deeper in its nature than that of other creatures. Other creatures, it's a functional sort of thing. It's in order to be produced. But if man was created, it's two different creations. We would expect the word to appear on a species, and if here it says double meaning adam, as though it said twice adam, et It comes to tell us that, to some extent, right? To some extent, um, it's as though almost to a certain amount two different creations, almost like two different species of course we know that you shouldn't exaggerate that because in fact the Pasuk says that only man was created and then woman was created from man so that she doesn't come from someplace else men and women have the same common creation of this Pasuk it's bayitza, It's one word that has two meanings not two different words Okay, so it's coming to present that, to a certain extent man has two natures not just the biological male function biological female function but there is man in his entire being and woman in his entire being are somewhat different um, this is followed by another answer in the Midrash, which is technical and halakhic in nature <laughs> if Chazal have a belief that there are two different kinds of pregnancies seven month pregnancies and nine months pregnancies it has halakhic ramifications in terms of a child who was born in the eighth month, we won't go into. It. But the idea is quite clear from from the halachic opinions about the sana'ah, which we discussed in the Gemara, that it's it's two different kinds of formations. Man is created over a period of nine or seven months. It's two different kinds of creations. Okay, but we're not going to get into that. Medrash Kimol Shtei Itzira Itzira Min HaTachtonim Itzira Min Eluyonim. This is the medrash which we actually discussed because it had been quoted previously. That the double creation of man is not that there are different kinds of men, whether it's men or women or seven months, nine months men, but that every man has a double nature, Min HaTachtonim or Min Eluyonim, a divine nature and a mundane, lower world nature. And the medrash continues, which we quoted once, certain qualities of man, which are minha elyonim, certain qualities which are min ha'elionim. Okay, we're going to do now, and Medrash uh, Dalet, v'yitzer shnei yitzarim. The word v'yitzer, to create, also sounds like the word yitzar, the inclination. So, v'yitzer, God gave man to yitzarim, yitzar tov, v'yitzar ra. It is also a inattention in man. Man has a genuine yitzavta and a genuine yitzavah. In fact, Medrash points out that no one else has a shilo hayala Animals have natural inclinations. Animal had two inclinations; it wouldn't be able to to survive. But man has two opposite inclinations: yitzavta and Okay. The Medrash that we've discussed today is Medrash Hey. Vayitzer two yuds. Bet Yitzirot Yitzira hazeh, le'olam hazeh. So This measure says that man was created doubly one for this world and one for the next. In other words not that there will be another world but that the the man in the other world is so to speak embedded in man in this world. When God made man at the very beginning of creation some 6,000 years ago he created the man who is for this world, and the man who is for the next world. Now, Chazal, generally speaking, uh, don't talk a lot about Olam As the G'mal, Dashen's Ayin Lo Ga Atah we can't talk about Olam we don't begin to understand it, it's not, no one has seen it, except for you God, which I think means no one could even imagine it, it's a totally different kind of existence. And therefore Chazal, don't don't tend to talk about what it's like, but here we have a certain point that I think is interesting. Beit Shammai ובית הלר controversy between Beit Shammai and Beit Beit Shammai אומר These two different creations of man in this world and man in the next world are different. How are they different? So he explains baolam hazeh מתחיל man in this world is begun his existence his formation begins I translate literally skin and flesh and ends with gidim with ligaments and bones I, I, I leave it for your own imagination, or for the medically inclined, I don't think it's talking about babies. If, if it has a little explanation, I'm going to give a non-little explanation any anyway in a few minutes. But perhaps be else uh, But I, I, I'm not really concerned with the exact see what, what, what exactly Vishami saw before his eyes when he made the statement? Because this statement is, in fact, not controversial. Everyone, the next opinion will agree man begins as flesh and skin and ends with ligaments and bones <inaudible> but in the future world the world of the resurrection of <inaudible> there will be the opposite there he begins with ligaments and bones with a skeleton and his formation is completed with skin and flesh, or basal. And he has a, a proof that the Cheskel, the chapter in the Navi Cheskel, chapter of the dry bones, which describes an act of resurrection, and the bones in the valley are put together and then they assume flesh. So the bones come first, and on the bones, on the skeleton that's formed by putting the bones together, flesh is added. says, "I saw that there were these bones, and they joined together, and then appeared on them. Gidim, and then basar Allah, and then the flesh came upon them." So Yonatan said, "You're right. It's it's explicit in that passage but Metei HaChazkel are not our source of knowledge about the future resurrection. domim ma'shu shonu Try to guess what Rav Yonatan means. He's saying it's an exceptional case. In the case of Metei HaChazkel of the dead, the dry bones of Yechazkel, what took place was a reversal. Someone goes into the Beit hamechatz to the um to the hamam. Right? To the uh, to the to the bathhouse. So he gets undressed. When he gets dressed, that which he took off last he puts on first. That which he took off first, he puts on last. But right? you simply reflect, mirror, reflect, and reverse the process. That's what happened I mean with Cheskel. Of Because the question is, but why? In other words, why is Metei Cheskel different? Well I think what Vienathan is saying is that the message of Metei Cheskel is not about Tim sometimes quoted, but I, 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 he's basically right. I mean, if you read the parak in Yeheskel, it's it wasn't coming to teach the Jews that there will eventually be a resurrection from the dead. has come to teach the Jews that this people, the people who he's addressing, who are dried, desiccated, hopeless, worn out at the at the brink of despair, that they can live again. It was a message of hope who are battered and shattered people. And therefore, I think what Yomotan is saying is that that's very different than the future resurrection. The future resurrection is a new creation. It's a different world. What Yechezkel is teaching the Jews is that your world isn't ended. You haven't finished. And therefore, you have to return from the dead, or return from the near dead, to back to this world. And therefore, it's like one who enters a bathhouse Takes off his clothes, when he dresses, he puts on that which he took off last, he puts on first. It's a reversal. The future resurrection of the dead is not a reversal of death, it's a continuation beyond death into another life. Okay, so when you reverse death, the proper way to do it is to reverse it backwards. So when someone dies, his flesh falls off, dries up, and falls off his body. When someone Almost dies. Someone suffers his despair, resignation, surrender of spirit. So his flesh dries up and falls off him. So then you put the flesh back. The future world is apparently, he says, is different, and Nefer Bechameh is wrong, in Rabbi Yonatan's opinion. And in fact, the Midrash Nefer continues. There is no difference. As he's created in this world, he will be again created in the next world. You're absolutely correct. In this world, one begins with flesh and skin and finishes with ligaments and bones. in the future world, the same order. And he has some two texts from EO and specifically a text which mentions the word chalav, milk and he gives a striking simile. Mashal ka'ara. The creation of man, the formation of man is like a plate with milk. At shano natan maso rofeif Milk is liquid. To you add a coagulant of some sort then the milk is Weak, meaning liquid. Then you add a coagulant, then it, if you're making cheese or something of the like, and then the milk uh, gets formed. Okay, it it, it, it coagulates. And so that is the way man is created. Okay, interesting controversy, seemingly meaningless. We have to arguing about the exact facts but what is it supposed to mean? Beit Shammai and Beit disagree whether the future man, the man of the future, the man of the resurrection, the man of the Gula will be flesh and then bones, or bones and then flesh. Okay, so our job is, your job and my job, is to understand just what is this this picture? Two opposing pictures here. One, a mass of flesh and skin which then grows from within a, a, a skeleton, a structure. Or the opposite, a dry structure, fully built, but lacking, lacking flesh. And then the flesh is added to it. What are they talking about? What does that say about man? I'm going to make a suggestion, I'm far from sure that I'm correct. I'm certain that I'm cannot I'm not saying the only possible explanation, and therefore I invite you warmly to suggest your own. But I'm going to suggest what I believe the disagreement is about. What is the picture of flesh and skin slowly evolving into a, a, a skeletal structure? What does that suggest? Remember that's the picture which both of them agree applies to man in this world. I think it means growing up. Man uh, a baby has a skeletal structure. But but basically the baby has no form. The skeleton is Amidata Adam. It's the stature of man. A man stands erect because of the bones. If you had no bones at all, you would just be a mass of of of, of, of jello. Slinking down to the floor. The ability of man to stand up, to be erect, to be statuesque, to use an adjective based on the same word, to have dignity is because he has bones, because he has a skeletal structure. So both, Becham and Betilda agree, describing man in this world, man begins as nothing and develops form. A baby is without form. A young child is without without structure there's a lot of potential it's cute he has flesh he has even skin but he has no backbone to put it literally no backbone and all the bones which are connected to the backbone and what happens as a man grows as a man is formed not necessarily in the womb I think as a man is formed throughout his life until he becomes a man who can stand before God and may have and say, "I am here." What a man does is he achieves structure. He achieves being erect. He's able to stand up. He's able to take the same flesh, which more or less agree, is listed from the beginning, and put it into a proper form. It is, it's harder, so to speak. Not because the flesh is harder because the flesh has been dressed has 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 received from within a a structure what we call the skeleton so the process of growing in this world is the process of changing the form of the formless potential with which you are with which you are born put it simply, growing up. Growing in the sense of not lying down in the crib, helpless, just plopped down, but being able to stand, to walk, to make steps, to make assertions, to put form on your own life and impose your form on others. That's what you need bones for. If there is a disease like this, children are born without bones. Then they're just they're just a mass of cuddly, but unable to sustain oneself. Beit Shammai says that the Olam Habah, when man is created again, why is man created again in the first place? The resurrection of man in the future will have the opposite direction. Matchil, <laughs> Their man will be resurrected fully erect. He will have the structure. The skeleton will be immediately created. And then on that skeleton will be added, as it says by Echeskel, ubasar Allah. It's a different process. If you already have the structure, then what is Basar Allah? It's a fulfillment of the potential that's already there. The structure doesn't change, but it becomes fuller. It's it's to use a slightly different mashal. Something exists, but you dig into it deeper. You bring out from within itself the full flavor, the full potential that existed. The form doesn't change. If you look at a skeleton, you look at a man; they're both the same height. It's not taller. The man, the embodied man, is not taller than the skeleton. He's richer. He's, there's a word in Hebrew it's used he's moister the bones are dry it's the same bones but they're not dry anymore because they have on them meat they have on them flesh they're surrounded by, by skin the form stays the same but there's, there's more there not additional parts but each part is more so what Bishamai says is that there are two different kinds of development. Now you might, both Bishamai and Tiller, I think, are saying that you should not imagine that if there's a resurrection, it's just to be the same. Growth is the principle, of the definition of man as we've described in the past in these in these in, Ishi, in Ishi. But there are two different kinds of growth. Bishamai is saying one is growth. In value, growth in, in, in numbers. You go from being zero or one to being a hundred. The little baby becomes an adult. The difference between an adult and a baby is in their height, is in their depth, is in their, is in their dimensions. There's so much more in an adult. That is, The future world, there is another form of development. That man does nothing then, he just be created so that he can be. But the says it's so that he can be created fully grown. You don't start from the beginning. So man in the next world will have his full stature. But there's something about it that will be compared to our world. Our world will be like the dry skeleton and that will be the full. There's a whole new dimension of life. A fulfillment of the same structure which will exist. I can't describe it. I don't know what I'm talking about even now. But, but that's what Olam Abba or The development meaning taking what you already have and enriching it from within. Understanding more deeply the things you already understand. Experiencing more deeply, more richly the experiences you already have. And going on and on and on and continuing in that direction in order to achieve the full man. But Beit rejects that. Beit says development as we know it in this world is not is not something to be sorry about. It's true, you have to start as a baby. You have to start as an unformed thing. But that's, as we've described in the past, I am repeating myself here, development from the imperfect to the perfect, not from the perfect to the deeper perfect, but from the imperfect to the perfect, is what Olam Hazen and Olam Haba, is what human world, is what the world, as opposed to God, is all about. And therefore Beitil envisions a future time when once again man will return perhaps you're tired of it, but Beithil is not tired of it. To return to a world in which every day something new, every day you transcend yourself, you grow taller, you become firmer, your structure becomes greater. And there's no difference between this world and next world. One of the great you could say disputes. It's not, usually not an explicit dispute. One of the great disputes of human history. Uh, the Great Chain of Being. One of the first books written in the history of ideas. Uh, by Lovejoy. Arthur Lovejoy. This is one of its major themes. The difference between people who see the other world, the better world, the next world, the future world, as being radically different from this world, as Bechame does, and those who see it as being the same as this world, only better, only further along the road. And that's Machloket Bechame Beitilil here. Bechame understands, he doesn't disagree with this world, although I should point out that another famous Machloket of Bichami Beitil is Bechame is the one who said, Tov adam shalom nivra mi It were better for man that he not have been created rather than created. And Beit Hilal says, Tov lo Adam she nivra mi nivra, is better for man that he be created than had he not been created. So Beit actually does have, in the end, a difficulty with, with appreciating this world. There is so much imperfection in the world, there's so much to suffer. He's talking there about sin. But, but sin is an outgrowth of the imperfection of the world because you had no backbone, that's why you sinned. Because you are a formless mass struggling to achieve a skeleton, that's why you sinned and Machami doesn't he, he, has, he doesn't like it. it. It would better had it not been. that's his personal opinion. whatever God wants. And so he also aspires to another world where that problem won't exist. Man will be fully formed in terms of the skeleton. The outline will be fully there there'll be foundations, there'll be a design, there'll be a superstructure. It's like when you build a, a skyscraper, they build the, the, the girders, the whole structure is, is there, and then you just add, you fill in the gaps. So fill in the gaps, that's, that's development. Take a fully grown man and let him flesh out even more, fill out even more what's already within his full growth. Doesn't happen so much in this world, but that'll be the next world. But Betilo, Do I sound like I agree with Beethill? I'm trying not to express an opinion here, not for me to express. Beetil says this process of growing more, growing more structure, adding more stories. You don't set up the whole structure, the whole skeleton of the building, and then fill in the rooms. You build the first floor, and then another floor, and then another floor, and then another floor. And the building keeps getting taller and taller. Even though there is certain frustration built into that, because you never see the finished building, but you see the finish in the beginning. It's true, there is more, but you see the whole thing. The skeleton represents the whole, and then we add more. In Betelo's view, the skin and the the skin and the flesh isn't isn't the whole thing. It's just lying on the ground. And when it starts to grow up, and has to grow more and more and more. You never see the end. But that growth is the end. To be able to add another structure, another story, something that's totally new, is not just fleshing out what already exists. To go beyond where we are, for Beit Hillel, that is the supreme existence of man. And if you think it exists in this world, then it exists in the next world as well. On a higher level, further level, but not but not radically different. As we've seen in many of the Medrashim we've talked about, the problem of development, the problem of the relationship of perfection to imperfection is crucial in the eyes of Chazal. We saw it in the debates of the angels with God. We see it here in the debate of Beit Shama and Beit Hillel. We saw it in the Midrashim we talked about when we talked about death last week. The goodness of death. The tov ma'od of death. The tov ma'od of imperfection. The tov ma'od of failure. Chazal wrestled with what is the perfect man? Since there is so much imperfection in this world. Is the perfect man therefore not of this world? Or is the imperfection of the world part of the perfection of man? And even though many of the Midrashim we talked about clearly favored the answer that, yes, imperfection is part of the development, but that answer itself is so paradoxical, how do you then accept that imperfection that it does not amaze me at all that Beit who I think understood everything we said in the previous Midrashim, but will now come down and say, so in the next world we're going to, there's going to be development, of course, but it'll be, it'll be, the next stage should be a better development. You don't have to accept imperfection as, I, as, as a permanent status. If it is imperfection, it's the imperfection of not fully potential realized rather than not fully transcended itself. But Bhagavatu says no. You never at the end, you're never fully formed, you never stand fully in your full stature and that is in fact this world and the next world because that's what allows you tomorrow to have a greater stature and on that note we're finishing today's shiur and we're finishing this series of course obviously nishlam, we've scratched the surface of the first 14 parashiyot in Vreshit even if you call this course Adadot Vreshit we've seen a, a minuscule fraction, we've read a Small fraction of the Midrashim of Breshit, even of Parshat Breshit. Basically, I did only one Midrash per Parshah, and I skipped a couple of Parshayot, and no more Parshayot to come. And frankly, why was the course about Midrashay Breshit? It should have be been about Midrashay Torah. But I hope, among other things, so I can discuss some issues that we discussed, to perhaps uh, encourage each and every one of you to read. Midrash, which we were taught for the first time when we were in first grade, even before, and which we come back to all the time in all different forms—in its own form and its quotations by fashion, and Rashi, etc.—to read Midrash with an eye to understanding what AchaZal is really trying to say. And one of the things I hope to have uh, passed over in this in this course in this series is the depths the depths of philosophic and metaphysical and emotional thought that's embedded in those medrashim, so many of which we learned when we were children, disagreements, arguments, tensions, pictorial way of presenting things which are not easy to present as simple, descriptive philosophy. To a great extent, that's what medrashim are about. Surely these medrashim in beshit, which are almost obviously non-literal. They come to describe truths. In our case, truths about man, truths about creation, truths about the relationship of man to that which he has created. I very much enjoyed giving this course. Um, Next week we're having Shurim Oster. The next week will be for for Pesach. Before we take our uh, vacation... KMTT vacation of Chofesh Chofesh Pesach. And since I won't be back before Pesach, I wish to take this opportunity to wish every one of you, the listeners to this course and the listeners to KMTT, and all your friends and your families, Chag Kasher Tesamech. Pesach is Chag Hag Ula, Fishe Nig Mitzrayim, and as we are redeemed in every generation and generation, the strength of Mitzrayim, from the source of Mitzrayim, Amen and in one way or another I'm sure I'll be back and you'll be back after Pesach and after next week's show about Pesach Tov